to another episode of Disc Read Air, the podcast where every week we dive into the fascinating and extensive library of the greatest selling video game console of all time, the PlayStation 2. I'm Derek Kicker. Hey everybody, Ian here. Uh, I just wanted to jump in. I edit the episodes. So this is the first time Kicker has first try gotten through the entire intro without flubbing it and i think i needed to stop down the episode real quick and congratulate him congrats buddy welcome back to another episode of disc read error fucking shit i'm never gonna get that on the first rip welcome back to another episode of disc read error that where every week we take a look nope Every week we dive into the extensive and fascinating library of the greatest selling of the greatest I I know it's fucking so close. The podcast where we shit and forget our lines and fuck this whole goddamn thing up. All right, back to the episode. This week, uh, we are, uh, and this week, I don't got anything clever to say. We're just playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. Bam! Capcom presents Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Hell yes. This game is very expensive. Tell me how much. I believe on uh, the Dreamcast version is like well over a hundred dollars. Damn. The PlayStation Two is one hundred and seventy dollars. That's fucking bonkers. I'd like to thank Cody Butler from Whatnot. His account is at Butts sure. uh, for hooking me up with a copy of this uh, on the cheap. But this game is has quite a reputation. Legendary game. It is part of a, a pretty large franchise that I don't think everyone quite puts together as a franchise. Right. Because there's three Marvel mm-hmm. versus Capcom games, but that's not all the games in the franchise. No, not at all. Because there's also uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter, mm-hmm. which was the first one. On the PS1, and I think it's on the Saturn. And then there's Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter. Yeah. Then there's Marvel versus Capcom Clash of the Superheroes, mm-hmm. which is the first one. There is also uh, just straight up Marvel Superheroes, which yeah. that was the uh, arcade cabinet I bought in like 2010. Was this the one that you had in your apartment when we recorded that episode of Story Hole? Yes, it is. It's uh well at that point it had been converted to a six hundred and one. Yeah, I just bought a little Chinese knockoff ROM board, but when I purchased it, it was and I think it was an original cabinet for Marvel superheroes. Nice. So uh obviously this game was developed by Capcom. I think Capcom might be like what one of the greatest third party developers of all oh. time. I mean Street Fighter. Yeah. Dark Stalkers, Resident Evil. Fucking Resident Evil, yeah. 
you know, uh, Devil May Cry. Yep. I mean, Many. just an insane, an insane library. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, Capcom, the birthplace of two of the greatest video game directors of all time, Shinji Mikami and Hideki Kamiya. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Of Cat Resident Evil fame. Hell yeah. Amazing. For some reason, you always kind of know you're playing a Capcom game, and I can't exactly explain why. There's a vibe. I think the vibe yeah. is even in, like, even as early as the NES games, like, mm -hmm. like Gunsmoke or Strider. Right. Right, right, right. You know, those games have a vibe. And Mega Man, of course, I'm a, I'm a huge Mega Man fan. Uh, sure. Particularly, and I mean, this is probably a controversial fan, I'm a big fan of the Mega Man Legends games. I have not played that. You know, the, the, the first 3D, you know, I even like Mega Man Soccer on the, on the SNES. <laughs> SNES. Uh, but Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was released as an arcade cabinet in Japan mm. in February of 2000. Sure. It was then ported to the Dreamcast and would come out about a month later. But in my research, I did discover something very interesting about this in that instead of being developed on Capcom's arcade board, uh -huh. this game was developed. It was the first one of this franchise to be developed on this on the Naomi which was Sega's Oh, interesting. Sega's arcade board which had similar components to the Dreamcast. Oh, which is why is the definitive version of this game is the Dreamcast version and the port was so easy. Interesting. Yeah, I I found that to be very interesting. Of course, the uh Naomi had like four times the video RAM and the sound right. channels and everything as the Dreamcast, but Similar components. You know, it's interesting you talk about the, the Naomi board. I do have a fun fact about the former Capcom boards. I don't know the name of them. I can tell you what they look like because I own one. Uh, they're like this big blue thing. And the interesting thing about those is they have, uh, I think, the, the kind of uh, arcade enthusiast, whatever. They call them the Phoenix board. They have a battery in them. And when the battery dies, there's not, the game is gone. It just ceases to exist. It it cannot be blah blah blah. So there's a Phoenix operation that you have to do because these boards are all very old. Uh, if the game hasn't been plugged in a while, you have to like solder a new battery in this one spot. Fascinating. But I think mine had come pre Phoenixed. You had to get a. You had to defibrillate. Defri yeah, de basically. Defibrillate. Defibrillate. Yeah. So I'll, a lot of you know if. Games haven't been plugged in a while. A lot of these arcade boards are just gone forever. So the PlayStation 2 uh, version is very similar to the Dreamcast version. The sure. big difference is, and I think this is, uh, you know, just in the American versions in general, is that it does not have online play, but the Japanese Dreamcast version did. And along oh, with it being on the Naomi, one of the cool things that, that that came with that was that you could use a VMU from a Dreamcast on the arcade cabinet, collect experience on it, and then use it on your Dreamcast to purchase characters or co costumes or, and, you know, and whatnot on your home console, which is pretty cool. But I do think that, especially in modern, you know, in the, in recent history, I think Japan does have more of an arcade culture 
100%. than the United States. And I got to say, we were just, we were not ready for the VMU. I mean, no. Oh, such a good idea. So ahead so of its time. fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. I do, I do love the Dreamcast. Yeah. But like its previous games, uh, it does have a story-ish. Ish. <laughs> In this one, that story is that a uh, ancient evil known <laughs> as Abyss has been awakened mm. by new character Ruby Hart. Ruby Hart. Ruby Hart, who does not have her own game, but would, I guess, later be retconned into being part of uh, like an old, like an old 80s Capcom arcade game. So she uses her airship to transport the Capcom characters and the Marvel characters to Abyss uh, to fight him. So he is the last boss in the arcade mode. And you yep. get to him after defeating seven teams of three. Right. Which I think is really what makes this franchise unique in that it's a tag team based fighting game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the story of this is very slim. I think in Marvel versus Capcom three, they would expand it. There's also like, uh, there's a weird story to Marvel versus Capcom three, but there's also like, intermediate levels where it's more of a beat-em-up game than a classic fighting game and there's a whole story with like modok and like trying to get the, the infinity thing. gems and oh that's right they yeah. brought those in yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a whole there's like a whole thing in marvel versus capcom 3 but marvel versus capcom 2 in it in at its core is solely an incredible fighting game and it being a fighting game means that i'm very bad at it but that doesn't Same. stop me from trying. Nope. Um, what makes this game unique among fighters is it a that it's a tag team game. And with that mechanic, there also comes some nuance to that. You can call in one of your uh, the other two characters uh, to do like an assist move. Yep. That was in the original. That was in the first game, too. Uh, Capcom calls it the variable assist gameplay mechanic. Sure, sure, guys. So one of them will come in and shoot something. And one of the cool things is, is that, and this gives this game a lot of variety, is that every character uh, also has three types of assists they can do. Yeah. So not only do you have to put some thought into how uh, the synergy of the three characters you pick because you're going to be swapping in and out of them. You also kind of have to think about what assist style you're going to give them. Yeah, exactly. For example, uh, me being the Resident Evil head that I am, uh, I played this game mainly with Jill Valentine, who is a newcomer to the franchise. Uh, of course, after the huge success of Resident Evil. Hmm. And she has a heal assist, which is great, where she will give uh, your whatever character you're playing as a green herb and heal them, which is I love, amazing. I love the way they worked in the different characters. Oh, yeah. Their, like, and they're like within their existing games and universe. It really makes it like this is what makes it a classic. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's 
I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about this game. I think we're jumping the gun, but I mean, it's pretty clear. It's hard to to hide the enthusiasm, but uh, yeah. I do like this game quite Love a it, bit, yeah. even if I am bad at it. Uh, right. But every character seems well thought out, intentional. Yes. These don't just seem like reskins of each other. Um, no, not even close. The yeah. combos are very different per character. All of their special moves feel very unique and feel very true to them. And, you know, that that goes a long, a long way, especially with so many characters, which is another huge thing about this game in that you only start out with 24 characters, which is still a lot. I Quite think, a few to start. Yeah, yeah, I think 24 might tie or be just under like the most or the entirety of the characters from any other game. Uh, yeah. But you can unlock an additional 32 characters, giving oh. you a roster of 56 playable characters. Incredible. And there are some like pulls here, right? So if you look at the Marvel characters, one of the first Marvel characters you can unlock, and you unlock them all by uh, playing through arcade mode, playing through high score mode, which is like arcade mode, but without the need for continues. There's a training mode. You can also get points from that. You use those points to buy costumes for characters or characters themselves. And one of the first Marvel characters you can unlock is Blackheart. Sure. Which one of the coolest looking characters. Yeah, and it looks so incredible. Cool. He looks incredible in this game. But that seems like kind of like a, a, a deeper cut Marvel character, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also Marrow, which I had never heard of, but she is apparently an X-Men. Then there's Omega Red. Oh, yeah, he's a bad guy. Who's another another bad guy? There's Shuma Garoth. Not familiar. It's a Doctor Strange thing. It's uh it's like it's the like a it's like a starfish with an eyeball. Okay. It's uh, but not the one, not the one from Suicide Squad. Well, yeah, that's DC anyway. Yeah, you can also play as a Sentinel, which is uh, a very cool villain from X Men. Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. You gotta Thanos. have him. Yeah. Uh, on the Capcom side, you have you know your standard uh roster of Street Fighter characters: Ryu, Zangief, Ken, Bison. Guile, um, uh, yeah. Akuma, Cammy. I've never understood. I don't know anything about Akuma. Akuma has missed. I've missed the whole Akuma thing. Oh my but god! I, you haven't played any Street Fighter Alpha games? I mean, I have, and I've probably played as him, but I've just never had the connect. He just feels like a reskin to me. Akuma had the same Ken trainer and... as Ryu and Ken. Okay, and then yeah, he killed it. him and stole his beads and what a absorbed dick. the dark power. And he's like Whatever. the devil. But also, this is, we kind of lean into a little bit more. So in the previous uh, Marvel vs. Capcom game, there was only one character from Darkstalkers. I think Darkstalkers maybe had not um, taken off right. quite as much. So the only Darkstalkers character in the first one was Morrigan. But now right. we have Morrigan. Felicia and Anacharis, who is a big, like fucking sarcophagus mummy, nice. who is awesome. There's also uh, a Ami uh, Amingo, who is a cactus oh. with a sombrero. <laughs> Why not? 
And Why not? he uh, does not have his own game. He's an original. There, oh, I, really? I had read that there was like he he might have been part of a game that had been canned. Hmm. But he is. This is the only game. These are the only games that he is in. Surprised he wasn't from Sunset Riders, right? Uh, well, I mean, there is uh, there is Strider. Strider oh, Hiri, uh, is also in this game. And then you have Mega Man, which was, uh, it, you know, originally in the first Marvel versus Capcom. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have Servbot from the mm-hmm. Mega Man Legends games and Tron Bon, who I think other than Jill might have been my favorite character to play as. Right. Just an awesome character. Again, feels very real to her character in her own game. And yeah, these th- there's a lot of characters. A, a ton. fuck ton of characters. We didn't even name half of them. No. But tons of characters to unlock and have have fun with. So as cool as this game is with all the characters, it really is gameplay focused which is why i think this game endures to this day there's still a huge community of people playing this game and especially when they re-released this game on the ps3 and the 360 which allowed online play uh this game kind of took off and whereas i uh i think there is still like a pretty lively community that play marvel versus capcom 3 i think Mm -hmm. this one I think most people kind of feel like this one was the best one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there is a huge depth. You know, we had talked about it in the Mortal Kombat episode, but this is how you do depth and this is how you attract kind of the pro scene, the competitive is this is the this is how you're supposed to do it. Like you don't try to reinvent. You just build on what you did right instead of saying oh well uh, yeah people aren't gonna like uh, let's change everything you know what i mean yeah and there's a certain level of trying to like min max your team which right. uh, will always draw in the more i guess serious players and i think i think whereas this game is very hard for someone yeah. who's not good at fighting games like me but mm. if i can get through it uh i feel like most people can get through it but mm-hmm. There's a difference between getting through the game's uh, arcade mode, and there is an easy mode, but uh, I pride myself on not playing easy modes, Uh, even though they're probably made for people exactly like me. Exactly Um, like me. But in a competitive scene, or even against like uh, just, I mean, I guess regular gamers who like fighting games, you would get absolutely stomped. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. But as you said, you can pick it up and against the computer, you can have fun and feel like a badass. And that's the key to the whole thing. And that may that may shorten the like replayability for casual players. I would say that unless you love fighting games or uh, and we'll bring bring bringing back bringing back an old segment that uh, we haven't done in a while. But this is a rent game. Unless you really love fighting games and you have friends that come over and play these fighting games with you because there's not a ton to it. You want to obviously unlock all the characters so you can try them all out. 
But right. beyond that, this game has very limited replay value unless you are the kind of person that is really into fighting games. Yeah, it's not a game that you're like, oh, I got to beat it with everyone because really you don't get a new ending, don't get any, you only really get the ability to play it again in a different way. But if you're one of these people like us, you are not, you don't care all that much because you're not looking for the, like you were talking about min-max combo or the team that really speaks to your style. It's just like, I beat it. I didn't see anything new. Oh, cool. I can use Iceman now, you know? Yeah. Which is, you know, I, I think I, I doubt that Jill Valentine is really part of any sort of Marvel versus Capcom 2 meta team. No, you know? no. I don't think that that's what's happening, but I can still play through the whole game with my favorite character in this game and it's still fun. Yeah, exactly. There might be, I think the one aspect that, I don't know if it helps the popularity, but I always think if a game has a certain, there's like a flaw can help a game seem like more of a classic. And this game has, and I, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but the music in this game is atrociously bad. It's it weird. Is, it's bizarre. It doesn't fit. It's almost I, jazz. It almost seems it's, like it's jazz. I, uh, I, when playing it, I was like, this is like a fucking Ocean's Eleven high right. music right like, it's very weird it doesn't it doesn't fit at all it just feels like that was the last thing they had to do and they're like well we don't want to do any of our classic street fighter and there's no real like way to you know or any other capcom game so let's just pick it out of a weird jazz music library i actually think i i, I think there's other games too around this time other capcom games and fighting games in particular that have weird music choices. Like I think Tekken, like the first two Tekken games had some weird music choices. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard because street fighter has such an iconic soundtrack. Absolutely. It's so good. It's so good. You know? And like, I don't know. I even think dark stalkers has like a, a pretty unique and memorable soundtrack, but yeah, there is, I mean, Hey, video game music is such a it's such a wild genre of music, just hitting everything, hitting every type of influence and weird stuff. Uh, right. I'm reminded of the end credits song for Resident Evil 2, which uh -huh. is like just a shredding guitar solo uh, like ballad thing. That right. makes no sense. No sense. So let's talk about uh, how this game was received. I think by fans, it's pretty obvious that like this game is well received, but critics, oh, yes. I'm looking at it right now and I'm kind of surprised a little mm. bit upon its release. It received positive reviews. Okay. IGN praised it as, uh, for its refined battle system. Hell yeah. And despite its sheer level of insanity labeled it one of the best fighting games out there. 
hmm. which is great. Sure. But it's important to note that most of this is on the Dreamcast version. Interesting. So Game Rankings has the Dreamcast version at 90% out of 100. Wow. It has the PS2 at 76% out of 100. The okay. Xbox version at 67%. Ooh, bad port. Right? Metacritic has the Dreamcast version at 90 out of 100, which is fucking wild. That is such a That's high crazy. Metacritic score. That's crazy. The PS2, 76 out of 100, same as game Weak. rankings. Xbox, 65. But then the re the ports to the modern, more modern consoles, the 360 and the PS3, got an 82 and an 85. So it's weird. very weird. I wonder if uh, part of it was when it got ported to the PlayStation 2, they didn't think that it changed enough. Right. That makes sense to me. Or, you know, but I, I just, it, it rubs me the wrong way that they would give it. Because I can't see, I can't imagine there being like a huge gameplay difference. It's maybe just in the two years between. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, is that it was so revolutionary or so impressive in 2000 that by 2002 it was old hat right exactly that's what i'm kind of thinking maybe that could that could be it Eurogamer gave the ps2 version a 7 out of 10 ign oh, gave the ps2 version an 8.4 out of 10 but that's gave like high watermark right gave the xbox a 3.9 out of 10 something was up so, with the yeah, xbox, the xbox one must be bad Dog shit. Uh, it's got to be dog They gave shit. the Dreamcast one a 9.3. Okay, yeah. Which, I mean, uh, people just love the Dreamcast version of those games. Across all the platforms, though, many reviewers cited the jazz-inspired soundtrack Thank you. as the game's biggest flaw. Thank you. IGN Fucking... described the music as plain god-awful, stating bad. that the jazzy lounge lizard music and snappy beats did not fit the action in the slightest. That's all. <laughs> Eurogamer expressed disappointment that the game's visual flair was backed by a horrific lift music-oriented soundtrack and low-quality sound effects. Sound effects are pretty on par. I would disagree with I mean, that. But I, yeah, the music I don't think they're anything special for a fighting game, but... No, that's... But that to but me yeah, is they're fine. Uh, that yeah. doesn't bum me out too much. No. Game Revolution said that it's some of the lamest music that you've ever heard. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. Oh, God. Thanks for playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Your name will be inscribed in the pages of fighting history. This game is on a lot of people's list of their best fighting games ever, and I think it, you'd be hard-pressed to disprove that. And in fact, mm -hmm. 2000, in 2010, GamePro chose it as the 33rd best PlayStation 2 game of all time. Mm. And I can, I mean, this game is better than every Mortal Kombat game on PS2. Oh, 100%. Oh, not One, even, it's not 100%. Close. I would also say that this game is better than every Tekken game on PS2. On PS2. Uh, I would have to agree with that as well. Uh, I think you... I think there's an argument to be made that there are better Street Fighter games on the PS2, but yeah, this game is is a high watermark for fighting games on the console, and in in that for that for just how good this game is, I'm gonna give it 
eight out of ten. Delusions. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Wow. About right. I feel pretty good about that. It's hard for me I'm, to ever give a fighting game ten out of ten because I'm so fucking bad out of them. Bad at them and, that like I don't get the full experience. <laughs> right. I think I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay there. I'm gonna say eight out of ten. Lounge singing bullshit. Eight out of ten is exactly right. That's a perfect review for this. That was Marvel versus Capcom 2 New Age of Heroes for the PlayStation 2, of course. Thank you for hanging out and listening to us bullshit about this game. You can find us on social media at Discreet Air Pod on Instagram. You can find me at Funeral Casual Games on Instagram. I'm at Ian Golding Games. And you can also find us on Whatnot at Funeral Casual, where every few months we do, we try to do a charity auction. Uh, we did one in December that went really well. We were able to donate over $5,000 to ARC Southeast, which was a charity that helps women in the South access reproductive health care. And this June, we have a charity stream that's going to do that all the proceeds are going to go to the Trevor Project which provide mental health services, including suicide prevention services for LGBTQ teens. Yes, sir. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be on June 4th. So please check that out. Bookmark it now or whatever you do. Smash the like button and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bada boom, bada bing.